This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you that are watching at this time, and we certainly appreciate those that are watching for the first time. Let me encourage you to stay tuned today as we discuss the subject, Christ and the Home. Now, on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible course And today, for the benefit of those who are watching for the first time, we want to give you the opportunity of knowing a little bit more about the course. And also, we want you to find out how you can receive this course. And so let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail. And it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'm reading now from Joshua chapter 24, verse 14 and 15. Now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the god of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The first institution that the Lord built was not an orphanage. It was not a hospital. It was not a school not a university. It wasn't even the church. It was the home. In the very beginning in Genesis, the second chapter in verse 18, God saw that it was not good for the man to be alone. So he took a rib from the man's side and from the rib he made the woman. And when the woman was presented to him, the man said, This is now bone of my bone, and flesh of my flesh. And she shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother, and be joined to his wife. And they too shall be one flesh. Someone has said that God took the woman from the rib of man, from his side, not from his head, that she might uh, have dominion over him or from his feet, that he might trample on her. But he took the woman from a rib, from the side of man, that their hearts might beat as one. The home is the backbone 
of civilization. It is the backbone of a nation. It is the backbone of the church. Someone said that so long as we have homes where women are and children stay, so long as we have homes where uh, men return at close of day, if love and loyalty and faith abide across those seals, a stricken nation can recover from its gravest ills. There is a crisis about the home today, especially in America. We are being told that today one out of every two marriages ends in divorce. If, if we were told that one out of every two airplanes crashed, that we would say that there is a crisis in the airline industry. If one out of every two automobiles that come off the line in Detroit this was, was uh, faulty and eventually caused an accident, we would say that there is a crisis in the automobile industry. But I, I'm afraid that we don't get as excited and disturbed and concerned about the fact that one out of every two marriages ends in divorce in America. What we really need to do is to build homes that will last. The very first thing you do when you go to build a home, build a house, is you, is you make sure that you have the right foundation. Now there's a foundation for your home. And that foundation is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever we do, foundation is important. The psalmist asks a question in Psalms 11 in verse 3. If the foundations be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? And what will you do? If the foundation of society is destroyed, if the foundation of our homes is destroyed, so you have to have a good foundation. In Psalms 127, in verse 1, the psalmist said, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. But there are many that build their homes on inferior foundations. I read about a housing project, a suburban neighborhood that began to have problems with all of the houses. Some of them had the foundations that began to sink. In some cases, there were walls that began to crack in the houses. All kinds of problems. So someone began to investigate to see why all of the houses were having these problems. And what they learned is that the site of this housing development at one time had been a sanitary landfill that where they would carry all kinds of uh, things, garbage and the like, and dump it there. Someone bought that piece of land and they brought in dirt and they filled it over on top of that garbage dump. 
And over the years, the trash and the debris and the garbage began to decay. And when it did, it caused the problems with the houses. You see, in reality, they built those houses on garbage. You cannot build a good home on an inferior foundation. There are those that try to build their homes on things like alcohol. I had a woman tell me one day, Brother Lambert, you cannot build a home on a bottle. And she had a husband who had a problem with the use of alcohol. You cannot build a good home on a foundation of drugs, of gambling, of pornography, of illicit sexual in, uh, encounters. And so you've got to have a good foundation. You need to have a foundation of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to have faith that Jesus is the Christ. In our home, we need to believe Jesus Christ is God's Son. We need to be like Peter and be willing to say, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And we need to have faith in His Word, that when He speaks, I will listen. We need to have the attitude of Saul of Tarsus, Lord, what will you have me to do? You just tell me what to do, Lord, and I will do it. Jesus, I ask in Luke 6, 46, Why do you call me Lord, Lord? but you won't do what I tell you to do. You see, we need to have faith not only that Jesus is the Son of God, we need to have faith in Christ Himself. Our homes go on the rocks because of a failure on our part to build on the rock, the rock of ages, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, once you have laid the foundation of a home, you're in a position to begin to erect the walls of that home. And I want you to think about these as being walls in, the, in your home. First of all, there is the wall of consecrated Christian living. We're to live a dedicated, consecrated Christian life. In Romans, the 12th chapter, and verse 1 and 2, the apostle said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your minds, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I don't know of two verses in all the Bible that are clearer on the subject of consecrated Christian living. You know, there are two ways to teach our children. One way we can teach them is by precept. That is by what we teach them from the Bible. The second way we teach is by example. And an ounce of example is worth a ton of teaching. What kind of an example are you setting before your children? The saddest day in a person's life is when they put the things of the world before the things of God. 
If you want a home that will last, not only must you have the right foundation, but you must have in your home consecrated, dedicated Christian living. Every day is Sunday at your house. Now what I mean by that, you know people get all religious on Sunday and they begin to act like a Christian on Sunday and then Monday rolls around and they act just about as opposite of Christian as they can be. But when you're living for Christ, you live every day just like it was the day you go to worship the Lord on Sunday. Every day is a daily walk with Jesus. In Luke 9 and 23, Jesus said, If Emmanuel will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. And I don't know of any place that it's needed anymore to do what that passage teaches than in our homes today. But the second thing that we need in our home is the reading of the Bible and the offering up of prayers before God. Could, could I ask you, dear friend, have your children ever seen you read the Bible? Have they ever heard you pray? In Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, beginning in verse 4, Moses told ancient Israel, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, with all of thy soul, and with all of thy mind. The word which I commanded thee this day shall be in your heart. You shall teach it diligently unto your children. Teach it diligently unto your children. Oh, that we would teach the word of God diligently unto our children. We need the reading of the Bible, the study of the word of God, and we need Bible, uh, 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 we need prayer in our homes. A child died. The father was lamenting over the death of that child. And the man said, my greatest regret is that my child never heard me pray. And I find that rather sad. I remember being called into a home where there was a dispute between the parents and the children. They were teenage children. And as it turned out, the parents did not trust the children and I later learned from talking to them as we sat there together, the children didn't have much trust in the parents. They were having a real difficulty. I would have to say that those children grew up to be fine citizens, rearing, had good, good homes and rearing their children. But at this point in time, they were very rebellious. And I could not figure out what was going on here. Why they didn't trust the parents, why the parents didn't trust them. But I know that those children had never, ever heard their daddy pray. Never heard him pray. Not publicly, 
not privately. They just never heard him pray. Could, could I say to you, husbands and fathers, if there's one person with whom you ought to pray, it ought to be your wife. Pray with your wife. And you need to pray with and for your children. If you want a home that's going to last, you not only need the right foundation, you not only need dedicated Christian living in that home, you need to have the reading of the Bible and prayer in that home. But then something else that is needed is, is discipline in the home. Solomon in Proverbs, the 19th chapter and verse 18 said, Chasten thy son while there is hope. And let not thy soul spare for his crying. Now if there's one verse that my mother must have believed in, it was that verse. Because I can remember when she would get a hold of me with a strap and I would begin to cry. It just seemed that she wanted to apply the strap a little bit more. She didn't let she did not spare for all of my crying. In Proverbs, the 13th chapter and verse 24, Solomon said, He that spareth the rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. And so, if we truly love our children, we will discipline our children. But there's such a lack of discipline today and you can see that in the way that children behave in public. You can see that in the way that some children behave in the school. You can see that in the way that children uh, behave themselves or misbehave actually in Bible classes and in worship services of the church. You can see that in the lack of respect that children show for other people and especially older people. And so we need to be te teaching our children to discipline and we need to practice discipline in our homes. I'm not talking about child abuse. I'm talking about discipline. There's a woman whose son kept getting out of the yard. And they had, it was a fenced-in yard. And, and there was a gate that had a latch on it. And the boy would just open the latch, and then he'd push open the gate, and he would get out into the street. And so the woman decided the thing to do was to just move the latch up a little higher. But this young man was a very enterprising young man, and so he figured out a way to open the latch even though his mother had moved it up above his head. wasn't long until he was back out in the street again. And the mother was talking to a neighbor. And she said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just can't keep that boy in the yard. We've got a fence, we've got a gate. I had a latch on it, but he opened the latch. 
I moved the latch up higher where he couldn't reach it, but some way he was able to open the latch and get out into the street again. What am I to do? The neighbor said, have you ever thought about putting the latch on the boy? In other words, practicing some discipline. Now, something else that you need in your home is respect. We, we need to have respect for God in the home. As a matter of fact, our whole purpose in existence is to respect God, fear God, and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. We need to have respect for the Lord's day. John in Revelation 1 verse 10 said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And, and we need to respect the Lord's day. Sunday, the first day of the week. In our, in our house when I was a child, one question was never asked. Are we going to worship today? Are we going to Sunday school today? Now the reason those questions were never asked is because we already knew the answer. We were going. And my father taught me to have a great deal of respect for the Lord's day. I didn't understand it. When I was a child, but I think I understand it now. Why, he would not let me fire my cap gun on Sunday. He said, there's a Lord's Day. We don't do that on Sunday. If I happened to buy me a few firecrackers, he wouldn't let me fire those things off on Sunday. He said, there's a Lord's Day, son. I never could understand why he wouldn't let me go swimming in the swimming hole down at the creek and why he wouldn't let me go fishing because he would say today's the Lord's day son we're going to respect it as the Lord's day and I appreciate what I was taught about respecting God and respecting the Lord's day but nowadays the Lord's day has become sleep in day go to grandma's day go to the beach day go playing a golf day, going fishing day, almost every other thing except the Lord's day. We need to have respect for the church in our homes. We need to have respect for our parents in the home. The reason that children do not respect their teachers at school, the reason they do not respect policemen, the reason they do not respect any kind of authority is because they have not been taught to respect authority at home. We need respect, but we need respect for ourselves. And when you respect yourself, then it's easy for you to have respect for other people. So we need to have a, a good foundation. We need to erect these walls in our home. But let me give you the roof to put over your house. And you'll not be able to weather the storm without love covering your home. Colossians 3.14 says love is the bond of perfectness. Love is the glue, it is the cement, it is the adhesive that will hold your family together. The Bible teaches in Ephesians 5.25, that husbands are to love their wives, just like Jesus loved the church, and he died for it. 
Titus 2 and 4 teaches that wives are to love their own husbands. And so we are to love each other. And love suffers long. And love is kind. Love owneth not itself, is not puffed up. Love does not behave itself unseemly. Love does not seek its own. Love is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. But the part I like about Paul's writing in 1 Corinthians 13, he said love never fails. And if we had more love in the home, there'd be more love in the world. I don't know of anything that's needed in our world today more than love. And we need to have a love that is patient with people, that does not envy, that all the things that Paul mentioned are characteristics of the love that we ought to have for, for people. But there's so much uh, hatred today, attitudes of, uh, that, that are not good attitudes toward people. We see that in the political world. We see that in international relations. We just see it everywhere, seemingly. But what we need is love. And that begins at home. That's where we learn to love God. That's where we learn to love the Word of God. That's where we learn to love each other. That's where we learn to love other people. Is at home. Make it a place of love. But most of all, make it a Christian home. It cannot be a Christian home if you're not a Christian. I'd urge you to be a Christian father, a Christian husband, to be a Christian mother, a Christian wife. I'd urge you to be a Christian son or daughter. Make your home a Christian home. And thy far you will have a much happier home if you live the dedicated Christian life. Believe in Jesus, repent of your sins, confess your faith in Christ, be baptized into Christ, make your home a Christian home, and live for Him, and you will never regret it. Uh, in our closing moments, I want to give you a very personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. If you're not sure, certain where the church is located, if you'll call us, we'll give you that information. And please, right now, pick up the telephone. Call now for the free Bible correspondence course. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you is my fervent prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, 
Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.